Hey, this is Mohani Love from Let's Talk About It. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to Anchor FM to get started. Welcome to Mohani Loves Podcast. Let's talk about it. Today we're Lieberman. Jennifer Lieberman. Make Your Own Break was founded by award-winning writer, performer, and producer, and I have to say her name again, Jennifer Lieberman, to help writers and performers realize their creative goals by providing the tools to learn how to produce independent productions with little to no resources. After years of pounding the pavement and knocking on doors with no success of breaking into the entertainment industry, Jennifer decided to take matters into her own hands and create the solo show, Year of the Slut. This show proved to be her break and the play, Year of the Slut, went on to win the Audience Choice Award in New York City and is now the number one Amazon best-selling novel, Year of the What? Life. <laughs> Thank you for being on my show, Jennifer Lieberman. Let's talk about it. Thank you so much, Mohani, for having me today. I'm so excited. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about pounding the pavement. Everyone that's, I mean, singers, actors, produce anyone trying to break into this industry or in any form of entertainment have those stories, those woes of pounding the pavement. What was yours like? Yeah, it was um, it was a challenge. I, I feel like the first several years uh, was really hard because when you're inexperienced, it's hard to get the experience. Nobody wants to take a chance on you. Mm-hmm. And then um, you have to take kind of projects that don't showcase you in the best light, so to speak, Mm -hmm. Um, because they're probably learning as they go, just like I was learning as I went. Mm -hmm. So um, yeah, I found it really hard to kind of get momentum and also to surround myself with experienced people, to learn from people with experience, as opposed to learning from people who were kind of in the same boat as me, trying to get their foot in the door. Mm-hmm. Um, however, I I got lucky. Um, I moved to New York. I'm, I'm originally from Maple, Canada. And once I had mm. my degree, mm-hmm. I moved to New York City. And of course, studied in Canada. I was taking acting classes for years before I ever got to New York. I didn't want to go there completely unprepared. Uh, I got lucky. I got in with a couple of theater companies and was able to kind of learn the ropes Mm -hmm. and um, kind of 
climb the ladder, so to speak, in terms of the uh, experience. And, you know, as I got more experience, I got better roles, bigger roles. And also, I had an opportunity to work behind the scenes. Nice. Which, which proved to be the biggest gift. Um, at the time, I didn't realize that I was young. I didn't really want the responsibility. I just wanted to be on stage. I just wanted to be the actor. Mm-hmm. One of the productions, they didn't have a role for me. They offered me a stage managing position. I took it because I wanted to be involved, but I wasn't excited about not mm-hmm. being in the play. And that actually was like the first step towards becoming a producer. And within a year of me taking that stage manager position, I produced my first theatrical play off off Broadway in the East Village with this company that I was with. And that led to producing for the company regularly over several years. And then that led to some film production jobs and you know like baby steps baby steps and you take enough little baby steps you actually get somewhere right and that's the part that a lot of people miss I think on their journey um is to take the baby steps and and don't mind working in the position that's not what they're looking for but it's still in that circle like maybe that's what you needed to make you round it you know what I mean yeah and also you're meeting people all the time you're making connections yes and um I don't know I I actually did enjoy the other work that I was doing I realized that I love the process of creating so much Mm -hmm. that I didn't have to be the person in front of the camera or on the stage I really just love the process of making something happen and making something out of nothing because that's what art is. Whether it's a book, a song, a poem, a play, a movie, we're making something out of nothing, out of our imagination. Wow. And to me, that's the most exciting thing in the world. So how did Year of the Slut be born? Okay. <laughs> what was the birthing of that? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. <laughs> I love the words, by the way. Sorry to cut you off. It's tricky, but New Yorkers love stuff like that. (laughs) And and we'll we'll actually, I have a funny story about that. So I, after several years in New York, I had produced a film that we shot in New Jersey and it won an award in a festival in LA. Mm -hmm. And I always knew I wanted to do both film and theater. So I kind of took that leap of faith and moved to LA after this festival when the when the film got a couple of awards. And I had been in LA for about a year, year and a half, and nothing was really happening and couldn't get, once again, couldn't get a foot in the door. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I met a woman at a workshop whose husband owned an agency. It was a creative workshop, not an acting workshop, but just about creativity. Mm-hmm. And she and I became friendly and she invited me to go horseback riding with her and we were discussing different ways that I could kind of get a foot in the door and she suggested I write myself a vehicle and a one-woman show would be a great vehicle to invite people just to let people know hi I'm here I exist and this is what I can do and we were kind of um, 
going back and forth with some ideas that I had because she knew I was a writer. She knew I was an actor. And a, a few of my ideas she just thought were too artsy. Like She's like, no, you're in LA now. You're not in New York anymore. Like You need to do something that has some sort of commercial viability. Mm. Um, and that's and then I just kind of jokingly rattled off, well, you know, I thought maybe, you know, when I was like an old lady, I'd write a book <laughs> called Year of the Sled about like my first year after my first major breakup. Mm. And she's like, that's your play. You have to write that. Mm. And I did. And I and at this point, I never thought I would do a one-woman show. I had met a couple of women in acting class who were doing one-woman shows um, and I had produced both of theirs for them in Los Angeles. Once again, because I had just got to town, I wanted to be involved in something. I thought these women were super talented, was happy to help them. And I, I was just like, oh my God, like I'm not good enough. Like I'm good, but that's not the kind of actor I am. I can't play 10 roles. I can't be on stage by myself for an hour and a half. Wow. Um, but lesson learned, it's easier to say we can't do something when we've never tried it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, just because mm-hmm. you've never done it doesn't mean you can't do it. It just means you've never done it. Wow. So I dove in wholeheartedly because my eye was on the prize. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, this woman's husband is really connected. And if she says this is the way to get noticed, then I have to listen to her. Right. Um, so I did the show in L.A. I workshopped it. The, the first time, I joke, it was like La La Land, that <laughs> Ryan Gosling, Emma Stone movie. Like, nobody really showed up. Like, mm-hmm. some friends from <laughs> acting class and my mom came down from Canada. Mm-hmm. But none of the industry came. Mm-hmm. But I realized, number one, the show was pretty good. Number two, I had fun doing it. Mm-hmm. And number three, it was more fulfilling than any of the other projects I'd ever worked on. Mm-hmm. Because I tailor wrote it to showcase what I could really do, what I was made of, you know, 10 characters, male, female, different accents, different ages, physicality. And I really came to life as a performer in a way I never had the opportunity before. Wow. So I decided to keep going with it, even though, um, and I'm sure you're, you're familiar with this, you might set out with one goal in mind, you don't achieve that goal but something else comes about that's just as good of an opportunity or just as good of an experience. Yes. So I had an opportunity to take the show to New York in a festival, and I ended up winning the Audience Choice Award there, which I never thought, I just thought I was gonna do the show for a few nights and get an agent and then move on with my life and hopefully get some TV roles. Wow. (laughs) I never thought I would do the show several times over a few years. I never thought it would go to New York. Um, but it was all it was all a wonderful experience. And it also kind of showed me that I have the ability to create my own projects. I don't have to wait for anybody to feel fulfilled as an artist. 
And that was like the first project that I had written and produced on my own. I produced several things for other people and I had written several things that I had never produced. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was the first time I had the confidence to put my work out there. And ever since then, I've been creating and producing my own projects with collaborators sometimes, sometimes spearheading them on my own. Mm-hmm. And I've I've made most of my opportunities myself and I figured I could help my friends figure out how to do it for themselves too. You know, I was in listening to you. Sometimes when I listen, I lis- I listen to you and I'll tell you what I got from your experience, right? This wonderful mm-hmm. life experience that was handed to you. You stepped out on faith and said, you know what? This is not working for me. I'm going over here. Mm-hmm. You took that class. It was something that connected you to the woman that was giving the class. So you you, you took that faith too. I'm going to jump over here. Mm-hmm. When that woman was speaking to you and she said, You know, just in a conversation, which happens a lot, but you have to be open and ready to receive certain information. And you were open because guess what? Your idea was, what did you say? When I become, you know, an older woman, I you know, and a lot of people, that was your focus, right? And your thought about this, this, this prize. Mm-hmm. But she heard it differently and said, no, no, that's what you should do. And you you jumped in again. You went for it. And look at what it gave you. So a lot of times I believe that when our heart is in something, it's giving to us what we have to do is for us to be able to catch it and hear it. And yes. you heard it. And it was for you. It's something else you said that I really love. And I have to, I have to take this from you. You said... You and the woman became friendly. You didn't say friends. Is that a term that you often use or it just came out that way during the interview? Um, I think I use that term often because, you know, we are friendly. She's not, I'm still in touch with her. <laughs> and, I like Because uh, friends, you know, like um, the term has been used that you become friends. You know what I mean? That's your mm-hmm. friend. Mm-hmm. But you said friendly, in which true the truth is, it's friendly first before it really becomes friends. Yeah. <laughs> just see, this is me listening again, and this is just how I take on that. And I actually love that term. We became friendly. Yeah, and you know what? I think we overuse the word friends a lot mm. in terms of our connections, and mm-hmm. especially working in the entertainment business we meet so many people on every production yes we connect with so many people and um for example like the last production i did was in new york in 2019 i fell in love with everybody in the play Mm -hmm. not all of them are my friends that's right some of them are my friends i'm friendly with everybody if i ran if anybody reached out to me of course i would be in communication if they you know wanted support for i like i've you know supported their stuff on like patreon and watched their stuff online of course because it's been the pandemic we haven't gone back to stage (laughs) since right um you know so i try to support as many 
as many people as I can. Um, but yeah, not every single one of my colleagues turns into a friend. Wow. I learned, listen, I hope the audience listening have learned something. So Jennifer Lieberman, can I have that term from you? Yes. <laughs> can I use that? I, of course. Because that's important, especially today. There has to be friendly before there's friendship. Yeah, and also we all know not every friend is that's the same the, level of friendship. You that's know? right. We, we have our inner circle and then there's a few outer layers of the circle. Wow. And I, it's important to know who's on the inside and who's on the outside. outside. Yes. And it starts with friendly. Mm-hmm. See? Definitely. You just taught me something. I feel good. That's what these, listen guys, the podcast, that's why I love interviewing all of these different people because I'm learning and it's wonderful for these professionals to want to come on my show and give all of this information. You know, how many other people listening probably said, wow, she said friendly. That's interesting to me. Yeah. You know, so you, you just, girl. So, oh, thank you. <laughs> um, so making you your own break, how to master your virtual meeting in seven simple steps. Let's talk about that. Okay, that was interesting. That's something that I never really thought would happen. So a couple years after, maybe it was about a year after I, I won that award in New York, Mm-hmm. Um, I realized I was taking some business courses because I wanted to brush up on my business skills. And basically in the business course, they were talking about how everybody's an expert at something. Mm-hmm. And at that point in time, I had produced several low budget plays, low budget films, like, you know, getting things off the ground. And I was like, well, I, I really am at this point an expert in low budget theater production. Mm-hmm. I wasn't an expert. I didn't I didn't feel like I had enough film projects under my belt. Now I definitely have enough film projects under my belt. So I feel like um, it's film and theater mm-hmm. now, but several years ago. Uh, so I just realized, and that's when I started Make Your Own Break. And because I was like, if I could help, I know how many artists are frustrated because they just can't find somebody to take a chance on them or take a meeting with them or give them give them not the role not the job but even just the opportunity to go out for the job yeah so so i thought i could i could help fellow actors and writers figure out how to do these small little projects as calling cards, which is what I did for myself. So that's how Make Your Own Break started. Fast forward to the pandemic. Um, And I blogged about it and I have a couple of courses like workshops um, on solo show development because I've produced five solo shows at this point in time and I've done two. I was in Mm -hmm. nine and then I was in one in Australia. I was hired to fly out there. so I figured eventually I would, you know, write the books for these little workshops that I do. But during the pandemic, uh, a friend of mine who's an executive coach called me up and said, hey, I have some clients who are really struggling on Zoom. They're struggling getting their, you know, getting their team engaged and 
you know, because it was just such a new way of conducting meetings, not everybody felt like they were as effective. Right. So I asked if I could do some private coaching, just using my acting, directing skills. Mm -hmm. And, and also I've been an acting teacher for years. So I said, sure. And, but because it was a new territory for me, it's something I had never done for my own, um, confidence Mm -hmm. to meet with these people. I, I came up with like a seven step kind of formula of like, you need these things. These are the things you need to focus on to break it down in a simple way. Mm-hmm. And after having some success with a few clients, I was like, well, we don't know how long this pandemic is going to go on. Uh, <laughs> this could be a really accessible resource for a lot of people out there. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's when I decided to, to put that out. But it was, once again, something I never thought I would do. Um, I, I wasn't in the executive coaching field or circle at all. Mm-hmm. And um, I just once again, I feel like my I feel like my career has been a series of random opportunities that I've just said yes to. Wow! But and they and they all worked out. Some of them have, some of them haven't. The ones that haven't aren't in my bio. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, I'm looking at I'm looking at you right now on IMBD. Mm-hmm. I love that hat. I love turquoise. You look good in that photo. Thanks. And I was like looking at, I definitely am going to watch some of your films this evening while I braid my hair. Oh, thank you. <laughs> oh, wow. You have really, you know, you, you did great for you because it was in your heart. I just really believe that when a person has something in their heart, they fight for it. Mm-hmm. But what, what you did was to me, from listening, like I, I know that there were some things that were unsuccessful, but you worked smart, not hard. I, for, for a time, I learned. I learned. I worked really right. You hard. didn't. When yeah. I was in New York, when I was living in New York in my mm-hmm. early 20s, mm-hmm. I was working really hard. Okay. Because I feel like when you're young, you just don't know what you don't know. Okay. And it's a whole, like, I was running myself ragged in New York. I remember I was working at a real estate company during the day and running a theater company at night and, you know, running around to auditions or trying to find other opportunities. I was also uh, tutoring kids on the side to try and make some extra money. (laughs) Wow. You know, um, but it, so it took me a while to realize like, wait a second, like you are expending so much energy and what is it getting you? Mm. You know, but I also think that's something that comes with like age and maturity. You know, I think when you're 20, it's easy to kind of run around and try and do everything. Mm-hmm. And you don't really realize the quality over quantity thing. Yes. You know, so as I got older, I realized um, I, I needed to have a a more streamlined focus. Hmm. You know, and then also the the make your own break when I started that company, that was huge for me because then I shifted where my income was coming in from working in the creative field as opposed to side jobs. Right. 
um, I was running a I was running the children's acting program at an acting studio in LA um, but that wasn't enough to sustain mm-hmm. me so of course I was working in an office I was an office manager I had several other gigs going on so being able to shift where working in the creative field was my full time that mm-hmm. was a really big difference too in my life wow well could you please share your information with everyone actors actresses how could they get in touch with you yes so makeyourownbreak.com is uh is my company website there's a blog there and with several blog posts just talking about independent production. So there's a lot of resources on that website. You don't even have to contact me. You can just kind of sift through my blog and see wow. if there's anything that resonates or if there's some information that you're looking for. Um, so that's Make Your Own Break. Uh, you can find me at jenniferliebermanactor.com if you want to see some of my work and what I'm currently working on. And then my book is available at um, yearofthewhat.com is the website that has a lot of info on the book and some, you know, fun little, little things, all the reviews. But the book's available on Amazon, Audible, Kindle, basically everywhere books are sold. Year of the what. And as, as we discussed earlier, the what <laughs> is slut. And that's another funny story. I originally launched it with the with the title Year of the Slut and I got censored from getting any ads approved. Did you? So yeah, so for a year and a half I couldn't promote the book. So finally a colleague convinced me to take it down, rebrand, retitle it so I could get some ads approved. Because mm. if you can't advertise only people who are already your friends are seeing your posts. You're right. Mm-hmm. You know, and it, and it's like it's going to take a, a lot more than like, you know, my friend group <laughs> yes. to make a go of this novel. Right. So so that was the other thing, too. And I, I, I think that's the important thing, like you said earlier, is just st- having an open heart and staying open. And sometimes to be successful or sometimes to get what we want, we have to do something that we don't think we're good at. We, we have to, we have to kind of dive into new waters. We have to go somewhere where we've never been. And sometimes we have to fight resistance. I was so resistant to um, changing the title because I won the Audience Choice Award in New York and I know 100% that was because I had a great title. That's how I got butts in seats, Mm -hmm. as we we call it in the theater. Mm -hmm. You know, because in New York you're competing with everything in New York. To get somebody to come to my show, uh, I had to grab them. And Village Voice, Time Out New York, they had no problem with me advertising my poster year of the slut in their publications. Nice village voice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but Facebook, Instagram, Amazon, they they considered it too offensive because the algorithm has no context. Wow. So yeah, so anyway, but year of the year of the what is available everywhere books are sold. And uh 
yeah so that's me in a nutshell <laughs> and guys you have to check out um the website i'm looking at it now the blog um i love the different topics that you read um when things go wrong it usually it's usually right yeah that's yeah. one that i've learned like with every production i've produced mm-hmm. anytime there's been like a big disaster of something falling through mm-hmm. it's always pushed me in a direction to find to, the solution that i found always mm-hmm. ended up being better than the original thing that didn't happen the way it was supposed to like, happen whether it was an actor who who got who had a conflict mm-hmm. and had to drop out whether it was the theater that fell through a location that fell through um a crew member who ha- who had to cancel um mm. it, across the board is even sometimes having to change a date or having to um rewrite something in a certain way but mm-hmm. it, it's true every every time i've i've come up against a a roadblock it's pushed me to come up with a creative solution that's ultimately been better in the long run i also love the money's not coming until you get moving which is that's with everything mhm you know you have to get up and if you have a 9 to 5 the money's not coming until you get up to go to work So I actually love that also. It's so many interesting topics. Your everything you're doing is wonderful, and I wish you the best of luck on your films. Thank you so much. And you know, I'll be staying in touch. Yes, we will. Well, yeah. now that we're friendly. Yes, we're friendly. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that word, friendly. Yeah. Yes. I love the way you use it. So, I'm taking that from you. Definitely. <laughs> definitely. So thank you guys for listening to Mohani Loves podcast. Let's talk about it and never forget that I love you.